0: Hello, hello. Welcome okay, to Confidence New Cabaret, the podcast or podcasts. My name is Heather Jean. I'm your host today, and I'm so excited for this episode. This is This is the essence of Confidence Through Cabaret, this conversation. We are talking all about learning to love yourself and feel good in your body. And if you've been around Confidence Through Cabaret for a while now, you will know that we talk about confidence in personal life, work life, and stage life. And that means that we need to be unapologetic and feel good in our body and know what our passions are about and be able to express them by raising our voice and sharing our message which are all things that you would do if you were on a com- on a cabaret stage and 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 being confidence in that and that's what we are going to be talking about today. If you are listening to this on podcast, you are welcome to go over to the YouTube channel, Confidence Through Cabaret, check out the vodcast playlist, and you'll be able to see it on video. And if you're here with us on YouTube, please like and subscribe. And then you can also listen to the audio version anywhere you get your podcast, search Confidence Through Cabaret, and you'll be able to find this wonderful episode. So my guest today is a mental wellness coach with a background in mental health counseling. Uh, So my guest is Pam passionate about helping women learn to love themselves and their body and we are all for that um, and the idea is that when we love ourselves and our body then we can live a happy confident and free life and I'm so excited to be having this conversation with Ashley Carpentier. Hello hey. and- a welcome to Confidence to Cabaret.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: It is such a pleasure. It It, it is, I, I you know, I love the podcast. It, it wasn't something that we ever really intended or expected to do. And and then it just, there were so many conversations to have about confidence and so much, so many aspects to it and so mm-hmm. much to it. And, you know, when you and I started uh, our conversation and messages, uh, it, it was just so fully aligned to be talking yes. about feeling good in our body. Yes. Huh. How did you get into this? How did you get started?
1: Well, um, it's kind of crazy. It all started with a psychology class in high school. Oh. I got very interested in eating disorders. So I went through grad school. And as I was going through grad school, I actually worked at an eating disorder clinic. And so I was working like hands on with these girls who were struggling with their body and, you know, working with them um, in the therapeutic world, um, helping them learn to love their body. And so that's kind of where this passion came from is just, you know, as I worked with those girls, I found this passion to help women love their bodies. So, yeah. And
0: it's wonderful, isn't it? Because a lot of our lives, we, we don't plan things. They just mm-hmm. happen. And it, and it takes yeah. us to finding our passion. Yeah. So
1: what,
0: what do you think the biggest thing is around women not loving their bodies and, and feeling good?
1: The thoughts they have about their body, obviously, which can come from a lot of different places, like experiences, comments people have made. And those things like stick in our brain and they create this feeling of almost hatred sometimes for our body. And so I think changing those thoughts and working through those thoughts is the biggest thing for a lot of women.
0: Yeah. And it, I think sometimes we don't even realize the depth of those thoughts and mm-hmm. the, the damage, if you like, of those experiences. Yeah. and. We we very often end up shrinking, you know, and yeah. we we're almost apologetic for mm-hmm. for who we are and how we appear. Yeah. So how do you how do you go about uh, helping somebody to really feel good in their body? Like what what's the what's the step one of that?
1: I think step one for me starts with physical. So I. I go over physical, mental and emotional healing. Um but physical, you know, when you are taking care of your body, you feel good in your body. And so that's where I have clients start is the physical, like moving your body, fueling your body, things like that. And then we can move on to the the other pieces.
0: Yeah, and then you can get into the kind of that, you know, wh- where is that coming from any any mm-hmm. kind of yeah, limitations or doubts or, or whatever it is that, that people are having. So how do you so, so in your experience, what's the best way to just start to move in our body?
1: Well, I think it's different for every person. So that's that's kind of hard. Um, yeah. it could be, you know, walking, going on a walk. That's really therapeutic for a lot of people. Um, you know, it could be lifting weights or, you know, playing with your dog, you know, just being able to move your body is so good for your body and will, you know, make your body feel good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's so tied to the, to the mental and emotional, as you've said. So you, mm-hmm. you, you really, there must, there are some days for all of us where we don't even, we, we don't want to get up, you know, we don't, we don't want to face the world. And mm-hmm. then, and then, you know, getting through that mental thought can be just getting started, as you say, mm-hmm. going for a walk or something. And I think um you know so often we are in our body about serving others, about how we appear, mm-hmm. what other people are they thinking or saying, or so so how do you get people to to let that stuff go and just feel into their body?
1: Yeah, that's a a really hard thing to let go of. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think a lot of people feel like they're neglecting others or that they feel guilty for thinking of themselves. And so really just letting go of some of those feelings, pushing those to the side and taking care of you, I think that is ultimately how you work through that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting because self-care has become this, mm-hmm. you know, huge topic and buzzwords mm-hmm. and, um, and people think, oh, that's lighting candles and putting on music and mm-hmm. having a bath. And it can be, but mm-hmm. the guilt behind it isn't to be underestimated.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah, uh, for sure.
0: It's a tough thing to get over that.
1: Things like setting boundaries can be self-care.
0: Yeah yeah Sometimes
1: absolutely you
0: need that absolutely and and I think you know p- part of that is carving out time for yourself no matter how busy you are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, it's um yeah. It, it, it's a uh, I was good at the walking. I was good I, I ran presentations and conferences and I thought I felt great in my body until I got into my body and started doing things like body tracing and being expansive. And then I realized, oh, I'm not good at this at all. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's where cabaret came from. But I think, you know, um, for, for for a lot of us, you know, being on a cabaret stage is a million miles away from, you know, where, where we are to today. And, and actually, it doesn't have to be something that you want to do. But do, do you find that when you work with people that, they do find what it is that they enjoy that their body can do?
1: Usually. Um, I usually encourage clients to really not listen to what other people are doing. Yes, like listening to recommendations is helpful, but if those recommendations don't work for you, you're not going to enjoy it. You're not going to stick with it. You know, you're not going to feel good if you don't enjoy it. So I always really encourage clients to find what works for them. Otherwise, it's not gonna work.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then that becomes another thing that that I quit or I failed at or I couldn't do or, do you know, and then yes. that feeds that cycle again, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, so how do you get people to find what it is that they enjoy doing? Like, because it sounds like a really easy thing to do, uh, mm-hmm. In my head, because I found the things I enjoy doing. Right, but, but that took a long time, and I feel like there was probably a better route than than you know, kind of waiting for inspiration. You know, yeah. How, do you how do, how do people in your experience find what it is that they love doing?
1: Well, part of it is kind of trial and error. You know, you have to try things out to see if you like them or don't like them. Um, but also take a step back and think about what, what do you think will bring you joy? Like, will does being out in nature bring you joy? If so, take a walk. Um, you know, do you enjoy lifting weights or, you know, feeling strong? Um, you know, you kind of have to think about what brings you joy and what is going to make you feel really good and i think that's where you have to start
0: yeah i agree with that okay so i found my joy let's say it's in nature and i'm mm-hmm. i'm enjoying walking and i'm enjoying that feeling of being outdoors and 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 you know there's a certain fitness aspect to it as well and um, then you talk about the mental and emotional so how do you feed that in next
1: I think, um, well, so with the mental, um, you know, kind of working through what, like becoming aware that's, that's the first thing is becoming aware of the thoughts you're having. A lot of women aren't even aware of, you know, the thoughts they're having about their body. And so really starting with that awareness piece, um, writing down your thoughts, journaling, that kind of thing to, it really increase that awareness of what you're thinking about your body.
0: Yeah. And do you go, do, for you, does it matter where those thoughts came from? Like where, where we got those beliefs or that programming? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Because like I said, experiences, things like that, that can play a big part in um, especially how people feel about their body. And so um, looking back can be helpful to move forward. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it can. It, it it can and I think um it can it can inform that whole piece about so this is th- this programming was given to me by somebody else and it is not true. Yeah. Versus I have these mm-hmm. thoughts and they seem true. It's like when you can isolate that of where its origins are then then you can realize No, that was something my my mother always used to talk about you know that I had really big thighs like you know and she would she would talk about it you know uh I had figure skater thighs she would say you know because they always had they they don't so much anymore but they used to have you know very very strong strong legs and and of course that muscle development um, made them strong and I I for a long time I still struggle with it you know that Mm -hmm. whole kind of like I don't. I, if I if I could change one part of my body, it would be that. Um, I want very long, thin legs. You know, very model esque. Because that was the opposite of that programming. But I've by finding that origin been able to um, go, go back and do that work about what does that do for me? That lets me, you know, go for walks, or that lets me mm-hmm. do aerial because they are strong. Do you know what I mean? So that lets yeah. me do things I enjoy doing, which is this the same belief, but a different a different take on
1: that. Yeah. And like you said, a lot of people don't recognize that these thoughts maybe aren't true or that where these even came from. So that's why looking back on that is really important. And I think another thing is um, comments people make about themselves can also affect other people. Like you were saying, your mom made this comment about you, but I've heard a lot of a lot of women saying their moms made comments about their bodies and then that kind of transfers over to the daughter. Right. So like maybe they weren't necessarily making the comment about the girl, but they kind of take that into account for themselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you grow up, you know, whatever you grow up, modeling wise, you know, it really is a monkey see, monkey do thing. If Mm -hmm. you grew up with a mother that was always dieting and was always, you know, over exercising and things, then you would feel like that was the way to go. And that would be what would be rewarded or celebrated. Right. Um, Because we do we do copy the people around us. Um mm-hmm. how much do you think when we're growing up our friendship circle comes into play? Because it's certainly our parents or carer mm-hmm. and, and even teachers, but but our friends as well. Like oh yeah. That can become a norm, right? Within the yeah. in the social circle.
1: Yeah. Like you said, with dieting or um, you know, comments other friends make about their bodies, they can really affect you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I don't have those same kind of memories about about the size or shape or or interest about about body that my friends were doing. But I was certainly influenced by other behaviors that they did mm-hmm. that I felt like I should be doing. And it, it becomes that peer pressure. And I've gone on to work with with teenagers a lot around that that peer that peer pressure and
1: mm-hmm. and
0: and creating positive messages and and lessening the the risk taking behaviors um but that that I mean if you if we think about our own behaviors very often our our friendships you know we yeah. look to the parents right we look to yeah. like adults in our life but actually our, uh-huh. our friends, and their their conditioning came from their parents as well uh-huh. so, so it, you know if you and I grow up together then what your parents said to you will impact me as well
1: yeah and I think another important part of this is social media like now social media is so big that even like influencers and people that you follow on social media can influence how you feel about your body.
0: For sure, for sure. I I I grew up with you know magazines and TV, so that mm-hmm. was that was where where mine uh came from. But I mean social media is just a whole minefield. How. How can we use social media to to create a positive uh, mindset and body Mm -hmm. image?
1: Yeah, this is something I like to always teach is um, how to positively use social media because it can be a really good thing. Um, First of all, following positive accounts and unfollowing accounts that make you feel less than in your body um, is a huge thing. And really um taking breaks from social media can be really healthy, you know having those boundaries with social media can help in really feeling good in ourselves,
0: yeah, for sure for sure I wonder i' I'm just having this thought out loud now. I'm just thinking so if you grew up with mainly kind of images you know social- uh, facebook and and um uh, instagram primarily mm-hmm. then a lot of that was images and of course mm-hmm. now we're into videos and we've got tiktok and we've got youtube and we've got you know a, a lot more video content it's harder to kind of filter that and make that, mm-hmm. that flawless image the way it would be if you did 300 selfies to find the perfect yeah. one <laughs> yeah. so do you think that makes it
1: do you think that makes it more natural in a way or i do i think it makes it more real Um, You're seeing not flaws, but like people make mistakes and people aren't perfect, you know, Um, and seeing that in real time for real um, and not the hundredth selfie that was taken and filtered um, can help people feel more, um, you know, normal, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word, but do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's almost like it's it's a natural thing that we all make yeah. mistakes. You know, yeah. I, I I had a real difficulty once I got kind of past the the being on stage, that because that for me only lasts a, a certain amount of minutes and then it's over, right? Whereas the video is there forever.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: you know, it's coming back, and I think you know I I had to get my head around social media versus real life stage and in. in in business sense as well as in performing and I think when when we get to the social media bit just accepting that technology is going to go wrong and you're gonna have you know bad hair days or say the wrong thing or you know whatever it is forget what you're yeah. gonna say uh, I, I think I think that that whole kind of perfectly imperfect is mm-hmm. so important but how do you think that we're striving to be more perfect is that ultimately what you experience in? in
1: Yeah, that's definitely um, one of the pillars I teach is perfectionism and how we are not meant to be perfect. No one is perfect, right? So, um, yeah, that's definitely something I run into, especially with body image. You know, a lot of women feel like they have to have the perfect body and the ideal body, um, which your ideal body is your most comfortable body and most confident body. But a lot of people, learn from diet culture that it looks a certain way. And so um, they strive for that perfect image and it's just not a real thing. (laughs) It's
0: Not a real thing. And then, and then that's without even taking into account things like uh, you know, aging process Mm -hmm. and what society says about that or what society says about women versus men or, you know, all of those, all of those Mm -hmm. kind of things. So what is, the i the ideal way to get through perfectionism in your experience
1: it's a hard one to break through um i think um you know allowing trying to think of how to say this allowing yourself to make mistakes and accepting that not mistakes Sorry <laughs> um, you know, allowing yourself to be imperfect. No one is perfect and um, not bringing yourself down and punishing yourself for not having the highest standard. And maybe that means lowering your standards. Maybe your standards are too high. And so kind of taking a look at like where your standards are, do you need to lower them for yourself to, better accept yourself, you know? Um, and I think some of those standards come from society. Um, some of them come from what we think we need to do or what we think society says. And so really taking a look at those.
0: It's a really good point. And I think it it fits beautifully within the boundaries. It's, it's, it's one thing to have boundaries around carving out time to look after yourself or do the things you enjoy but then to what standard? Um, Because, you know, if if I use cabaret as an example, you know, you're you're in a lineup, right, of of performers through the night. And if you're constantly saying, I I don't measure up to their standards, Mm -hmm. what I think are their standards, not even their standards. Yeah. I've been backstage a lot of times. So I've heard performers who are headliners, who are top of their country, who are burlesque hall of famers, who are, you know, just incredibly accomplished cabaret performers. And then they'll, they'll come backstage and go, Oh, is that okay? I I don't know. You know, and it, that's interesting Mm -hmm. because, because they, their standards of themselves are way too high. The the rest of us love it, you know?
1: Yeah. But others want to be like them. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. and I think I think there's a there's a there's a a possibility that if we are setting our standards too high, then we're always aspiring to be more like other other people who we think are you know better than us.
1: Mm-hmm. and
0: it really limits our joy in that moment because we're never feeling good enough,
1: yeah, yeah. I think that's a big thing is you know, you lose your joy when you are comparing yourself or trying to be someone else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think social media coming back to that discussion Mm -hmm. has a lot to answer for in terms of us comparing ourselves. Right.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. So, so how, how, how do you help your clients be able to, to, to set realistic standards? Like what, Mm what's the way to do that cuz we could have a conversation where you explore or help me explore my standards but then h- how do you help me bring those to a more realistic level
1: yeah i think you know setting things like smart goals which i know are very widely used but really making you know realistic goals in a time frame and you know um looking at your goals and the steps under the goals and are those um achievable you know for you and sometimes they're way way out there um so sometimes bringing them in and taking it down a couple steps or taking a couple steps back is how we set you know the realistic goals
0: yeah Yeah. And it's a good point because we always want to be progressing forward and Mm -hmm. being able to take that step back is really important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we don't realize that we're way ahead of ourselves. So I think, you know, having someone to bounce those standards and goals off of is important. For sure.
0: For sure. And that's why there's a whole coaching industry, right? That's Mm -hmm. why that's why, you know, we need someone to help us with our accountability or our clarity or, or whatever that is. Yeah. So Ashley, if you were performing in cabaret, which uh, for those who are new to this uh, podcast or vodcast, uh, cabaret for me is about being in a small venue. And that, that doesn't mean, I mean, you know, Dita Von is, is a burlesque performer, which is a form of cabaret, uh, you know, um, let's say, Barbara Streisand or Bette Midler or, you know, they're, they're, they're singing, they're performing the way a cabaret performer could, but, but in huge audiences and stadiums and, and theatres. But, you know, in cabaret, we tend to be in a small venue. And that means that we are more intimate with our audience. We're more connected. We can see them all for a start. Um, and for a lot of people, that's more intimidating than being in this huge anonymous environment. Um, but, you know, we could be singing, we could be dancing, we could be uh, doing burlesque, we could be doing contortion, we could be doing drag king or drag queen, we could be doing any, it could be aerial, all, any number of things on, on a stage in our spotlight performing. What would you do if you were going to be on a cabaret stage?
1: Uh, you mean like, what would I perform? or Yeah,
0: what, what kind oh. of performance would you want to do?
1: I don't know. Um something calm. Mm Um, I'm very like I don't know, chill. I don't know if that's the right word, but I'm very much an introvert. I'm very um you know, laid back and um but I'm also a hard worker, so I think you know, something slow, um I don't know. That's a hard question. Yeah. So are you thinking
0: like you might do something that's more like, Oh, I, I mean, I can think of so many different things you could do with that. You know, it, you, it, it could be something around poetry. It could be something around, you know, movement. A lot of times we think of dance mm-hmm. as really quite ferocious and, and mm-hmm. energetic, but actually it can be very slow and, mm-hmm. and or sensual or, 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 or expressive. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be, it could be singing. I mean, you know, sort of singing more ballads or, you know, that kind of thing. Is there, is there a kind of performance that you would enjoy or would love to be able to do even?
1: You know, I am not a dancer, but I've always loved the like expressive, slow, fluid moving dances. I, I can't think of the word right now, but I love that. It's, it's beautiful
0: yeah, yeah, almost kind of a a combination with contemporary dance and just that 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 mm-hmm. flow. Yeah. yeah, yeah So, um if you were taking a prop with you on the stage, what mm-hmm. would that prop be?
1: Maybe like um a piece of cloth or like a ribbon or something like that to move with.
0: I love that. That's the first uh, thing the first prop that I uh, experienced working with and it was just in a class and we come back to it quite often but just that uh, like a, a piece of fabric just to mm-hmm. flow with yeah and what what's interesting in my journey with that is that when I started out I was grasping it like it was a. <laughs> A winter scarf <laughs> in the uk we have football scarves so just a long long narrow scarf and i was like you know kind of moving it around and my uh, my teacher said you need to let go and just let it float, <laughs> let it flow yeah and i didn't want to because that was taking up too much space uh-huh. right because in order to hold your fabric out you've got to you've got to you know, stretch your arms out and be expansive. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to kind of be much more tight with it. Um, and I I love that. I still go back to that. I have several pieces of fabric that I just will, will flow with and float with. Mm-hmm. Really beautiful feeling. Yeah. So what would your intention be of having that, let's say that cloth or that fabric with you? Is it is it so that you can kind of move with it or is it more that you could be behind it or
1: I think moving with it you know just having that flow with it
0: yeah yeah it's interesting because you could use like you could use that piece of fabric and literally hide behind it you could wrap yourself around it a, a, a wrap it around you I should say and be like you know really like I'm secure I'm in a blanket nobody can really see me <laughs> um and so and so but what I love is the opportunity that you just expressed around being able to move with it mm-hmm. and yeah. just because cloth is very free right
1: yeah mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so you're gonna go and you're gonna do some some slow movement on a stage in your spotlight, unapologetically with your fabric or your cloth. What would your stage name be, Ashley? Hmm. I don't know. It's interesting, isn't it? Because there's an inner knowing in us, and this is why I always ask uh, my guests: is what is that inner Uh, persona you know what is it that we are when we're expressing ourselves for others what is it that we're expressing and it's interesting because for me my, my my stage name is Helen and various forms of Helen is what I use um Currently, it's also Helen because I like to have I can do this, also this, also this. I, you know, and I I have a a, a lot of temperament with it, but I, I I've incorporated Helen in in different ways, in different parts of my um, movement, and uh, I feel like she is a different part of my expression than mm-hmm. being Heather. Like Heather's a, mm. <laughs> Heather, you know, um, but I feel. Like, uh, for some people, there's like a queen or a a diva or a something that comes, do you know what I mean? like that yeah. comes out that we suppress. And that's why I like to play with that, kind of so who is that other voice in us that is expansive, that is joyous, that has boundaries and standards and knows who they are and has our goals that are, you know, properly realistically set and all of the things that we've been talking about that that totally doesn't worry about perfection and mm. what the world says on social media and all of those things and for some of us it's not a different name it's just a different tone of voice You mm-hmm. know, like you might be ashley do you know what i mean like oh.
1: yeah yeah i think it's definitely you know that confidence that comes out in um not having that fear of what other people are going to think and just being me.
0: Yeah. And it's that. It's that it's mm-hmm. that essence that when you're going onto a real a real stage, you need to put that out there. And when you're going onto a social media stage or a podcast or whatever, you need to put out there, you know? It's like mm-hmm. I'm Ashley. I'm Heather. Do you know what I mean? It's not like mm. Yeah. It's not yes. a Yeah. Yeah. And it's being able to channel that. And I wonder, mm-hmm. you know, without going onto a stage with your, your fabric and you're ready to dance and, and be introduced in that way, what is it that enables you, Ashley, to be able to show up and go, I'm here, this is what I have to say, and mm-hmm. I'm not worrying about what the world is going to think? What, what, what is it that lights you to be able to do that?
1: There's a lot of different things that light me up. Um, but something, a technique actually, I've learned recently um, is just picturing this light inside of me and letting that light come out and being, you know, my true self and finding joy in where I'm at um, has really been a good tool to expressing myself and being myself and being happy. In myself and where I'm at.
0: That's beautiful. So is that, does that require sitting in quiet to be able to picture that or how, how do you connect? Usually,
1: um, yes, you know, sitting in quiet and just, you know, maybe closing your, your eyes for a few seconds and just picturing this light coming out of you. Um, and you know, your goal is to be that light, right? So, um, yeah, just Kind of picturing that, and it just creates this feeling of like warmth and joy. So
0: that's beautiful. That's really nice. That's really that's something that I think we could all connect to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think silence and and being still and and really connecting to that that energy is is something that a lot of us don't make enough time for.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For a while, I just, I was like, I don't need that. Like, it's not for me. But I've recently come to realize that I do need it. So.
0: That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. So, Ashley, I have I have um, actually two more questions. Uh, one of them is, what is your favorite piece of advice that you've ever received?
1: Oh, <laughs> um, that's a hard one. Um, I think, I don't know that it was necessarily said, but growing up, my parents always taught us to be yourself and don't let other people infiltrate. I, I don't know if that's the right word, but, you know, don't let other people change who you are and um so that's kind of you know be you be yourself that's beautiful Which is, it's simple um but it can also be really hard so
0: very hard sometimes very <laughs> hard. yeah yeah i think that's um i think that's a really good place to start and i think mm-hmm. for a lot of people finding what that means to be you is, is a journey and it's a practice yeah. and mm-hmm. it's not something that you, like you don't ever figure it out in my experience where you go, okay, now I know who what it means to be me and now I'm yeah. going to be me and then I'm going to always going to be me. <laughs> it's it's <funny>. a journey. <laughs> it's kind of the point of life really. Yeah. Yeah, for sure so my 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 last question for you ashley is where can people find you if they want to get in touch and continue the conversation with you
1: yeah um well the easiest place is my website it's just ashleycarpentier.com um i have my social links there um links to my podcast and how you can contact me um i'm also on instagram um ashley renee Carpentier, but that link is also on my website so Um, yes, my website is a great place to be in contact with me.
0: Thank you. I love that. I love that. And what is your podcast called? Self Love
1: Revolution.
0: Thank you. Beautiful. So I will put the links in the show notes. So wherever you're watching or listening to this, you can find Ashley. If for some reason you can't, you can find me at Confidence Through Cabaret and I will put you in touch (laughs) Uh, Ashley and I are now in touch forever. That's it now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, so we can, we can, I can definitely uh, send you in the, in the direction. And I think your message is such an important one that we just can't ever have enough of. So, mm-hmm. go and check out where Ashley is. Go and check out the podcast and the website and all of the links um, and, and find out more because it is a practice to love yourself yeah that you know there's ups and downs in that but it's just about continuing
1: it's just a journey
0: it is it is ashley thank you so much for this conversation it is something that is so near and dear to my heart because i think it's kind of it's the point it's 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 the joy of life is feeling good in who you are and i appreciate you sharing with us
1: yeah thank you so much for having me i have so much passion about this topic and I love being here to share more about it.
0: Thank you. I am Heather Jean. This has been Ashley Carpentier and, uh, all of the links are in the show notes to, to find us. Uh, we are confidence to cabaret on all of the social media with the exception of Twitter, which is at Y B Y W Y S and, uh, Clubhouse is at Heather YB YWYS, and those six wonderful letters stand for it is your body and it is your world and it is your stage. Take up space. Own it. Show up where you want to show up with passion and joy. Thank you again, Ashley, for being here. Thank you to everybody else for being here and listening and getting involved. Share your comments, like and subscribe. Share this with other people um, because that is the point. And Ashley and I are here sharing our passion for uplifting and raising confidence and feeling good in who you are and join the conversation with us. Thank you again. Bye for now.